0: This is the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank. I'm JP Shadrick with the best of the week from Jags Radio, Jaguars.com, and our social channels, Jags Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. It's Friday, May 26th, and this week a review of week one of organized team activities. Let's start with the head coach. Doug Peterson met the media Monday ahead of the first OTA practice and set
1: the tone. We have to continue to get better and we have to prove to ourselves that we can get better Um, because obviously the season didn't end the way we'd like it to have end Um, you know in in this time of the year right now uh, it's it's all about just assignment football you know there's no there's no contact the physicality is out of football you know and and it's just about assignments and we're wanting to see the young guys you know incorporated in there we want to see the veterans just take another step in leadership and just understanding, you know, what we're asking them to do. You know, from a, a passing standpoint, I think, you know, Trevor and the and the receivers, tight ends, running backs, just being on the same page. The guys that were here, you know, being on the same page. There shouldn't be any, um, what I would say, balls on the ground. Right? They should be they should be completed uh, at a, at a high per, you know percentage, and, and it's just a matter of, you know, not getting anybody hurt. Uh, this time of year. You just don't want any setbacks that way um, you know. this close to camp. Last year you saw
2: enough
3: from your veteran players that you ended up giving them mini-camp off. What do you have to see from them this go-around to kind of, for them to earn the right to have that like two years around?
1: I mean it's, it's, it's just my preference, you know, to give them time. Um, I do think that what we do in the off-season matters, especially in training camp in the first part of the season. So, you know, those are all things I take into consideration. But you know this veteran group. You got to see, you know, you just got to see the leadership. You got to see the high energy. Um, you know, obviously great attendance. You know, um, in a in a voluntary program, which is which is great to see. You know, from my standpoint, and it, it's just a matter now. It's just assignments. They understand the work, and, and then you know this is why the coaches have been here all off season too. Is is to come up with new wrinkles and ideas and things. This is the time to, to implement those things, you know, so that we can get them on film and, and continue to coach those uh, coach those ideas up.
0: It's year two of the offensive scheme, and coordinator Press Taylor said that should give the team a
3: head start for the offseason. I think with all our guys, the biggest thing is they're not hearing something for the first time. So now we, we install something or talk about a concept or get into detail. The questions they're asking are much further beyond what they were asking last year. Um, it kind of gets into specifics of the defense is this, now we do that. And you have a little bit deeper level of conversation from that, especially with the quarterbacks, which is always the, the goal um, to be on the same page with those guys. So it's, it's been fun to see all our guys take the next step in the system.
1: Were you happy with how Trevor approached the offseason from your exit meetings and things like that?
3: Absolutely, yeah. He was very receptive. And that's the one thing about Trevor. His maturity level is off the charts. So you're able to sit down and say, here's what we see, here's what we need to improve on. He generally has the same notes for the most part. Here's, or, you know, we'll ask, what are your thoughts? And He kind of says the same thing we're tracking, so that's very encouraging for us as a coaching staff to kind of already see the same things, want to improve on the same things, whether that's fundamentals with him or schematics in terms of our whole offense. Doug stressed that there's no depth chart in place, but knowing that Cam isn't here, Anton playing right, Walker playing left, Um, Who else have you seen kind of in the rotation maybe emerge on that offensive line, especially if Ben isn't fully healthy just yet? Yeah, early on, I think the biggest thing is it gives everybody an opportunity to play a lot of different spots. So guys like Blake Hance, um, you know, Shatley continues to move. Shatley plays guard, plays center. You'll see that a lot, you know, as we go basically up until week one. We move guys all over the spot, all over the place, just because you have to be ready to do that. You know, when when you get into the six, seven, eight linemen on game day, those guys have to fill multiple spots or... You know, maybe a starter moves to a different spot and they fill one of those outside spots. So we kind of cross-train a lot of different guys. So it's been a good experience to see all these guys. Now is our first time to line up across from a defense and kind of get a chance now to see where we've gone in terms of that development. What that said about the versatility of Cooper Hodges, what have you seen from him so far? He's really strong. I mean, you see that just in the individual periods and the drill work he's done with Coach Rauscher. Um, And those guys have done a good job learning and picking it up, Uh, you know, our system and the way we speak and the way we communicate and how different it is from what they were doing six months ago in college.
0: Now to a few players following the first practice, starting with wide receiver Christian Kirk, who we actually visited with on Tuesday after practice number two. He's entering year six in the league coming off a career season, and he's part of a wide receiver room that could press the envelope for production. And it's year two in the scheme for him. For you what are some priorities for this offseason to to even improve from those numbers
4: yeah you know i think number one you know my goal is to just become more of a vocal leader in our room um kind of take the reins you know along with guys calvin and zay uh just being the older guys in our room just uh really bringing up the younger guys with us because we go as a group so i think that's number one and then just you know looking back on things that you know i kind of left out there and you know maybe you could uh you know improve on technique wise and uh you know just kind of be a be a, a very harsh critic of myself and, and my game and come out here and try to perfect that every day.
0: How has Calvin Ridley fit in so far?
4: He's been great. You know, I think the the great part is, you know, he's just uh you know he's a very high energy guy. Uh, and he's a sponge too. For a guy who's very, you know, crafty and, and very good at his craft and one of the better receivers in the league, you know, he's always learning. And I think that's a really refreshing part is, you know, me, Zay, all the other guys, you know, we all kind of just Hit ideas off of one another because route running's an art and uh, he's one of the better ones. So, you know, either we're learning from him or he's learning from us. And, you know, I think that's a really respectable part about him.
0: There are only five teams in league history that have had three 1,000 yard receivers on the same team. Can this team be the sixth? Or do you guys even think about that?
4: You know, I wouldn't say it's necessarily that we have uh, up on our bulletin board, but, you know, we know we have the potential to be a really good group. And, you know, I know from all of us, we have that chip on our shoulder to be respected as, you know, one of the better, you know, trios in the league. And so, uh, you know, we're just going to come out here. We got a chip on our shoulder and, you know, in, in September, we'll be able to show that.
0: Now to the defense. Safety Rayshon Jenkins was a major part of the Jaguars success down the stretch last season, but he knows there's
5: more this defense and this team can do. Uh, just keep growing, man. Um, the guys around me, man, we got some young professionals and, and, and guys that are just eager and willing to to learn and uh, you know follow the older guys. And as long as we do that, man, and not dig dig ourselves in a hole like we did last year early two and six, three and whatever, man, we're gonna be just fine, man. We look we look good. We were out here, like I just said, it look it just looks better even from last year. You know, I know last year we had a pretty good year, but you know everything feels better, and I feel like we'll be able to start off uh just as strong as we finished last year yeah
6: because doug
1: talks a lot about that you know because of the last couple of games people are really excited but you mm. can get to the end goal right super bowl end goal. So, um do you feel like everybody's kind of on the same page with that as they were pleased with what they've been able to do but we have bigger goals going forward
5: yeah absolutely we saw just the potential that our team had and uh you know that small little bit of success that we were able to have and i feel like guys are just just more hungry for that and i feel like that's just a good you know uh this is a good goal to chase, you know. That, that Super Bowl, you know, everybody wants a Super Bowl, but the work starts now. Uh, you got to put in the work now, and it doesn't come come easy. We got to say, work to win, you know. Uh, you're not just gonna step out there and 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 win. You got to work for it right now. The full press conference
0: is available on jaguars.com. The Jaguars are locked in for 2023. The thrill of a win and electricity of the fans make game day at the bank an experience like no other. Join your friends, family, and fellow diehards and become a Jaguars season ticket member. Visit Jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. In a moment, Bucky Brooks has high expectations for the Jaguars offense plus the challenge of playing in the trenches during the off-season program with Jeff Lagerman. And cornerback Tyson Campbell takes us inside of his preparation for season number three. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet
7: with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a yield pledge checking account up your financial game today visit a financial center near you or find us at tiabank.com slash jagscard T-I-A-A Bank is a division of tiaa fsp member fdic and the official bank of the jacksonville jaguars
0: Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank. And there's no better time to become a Daily's Place Blue member than right now. Reserve your 2023 premium seat membership or individual luxury experience today. Email ticketing at boldevents.com or call 904-633-2000. Let's get to the shows from this week. On Jags Drive Time Tuesday morning, Brian Sexton and John Osher talk through the depth on offense and what that means for play calling with our newest edition on Jags Broadcasting, Jaguars reporter Kai Stevens.
1: I want to talk a little bit about Doug talking about assignment football, right? So we're, we've gotten to the point there's a lot of veterans returning to this team, and, and I think maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys were here, but for the first time maybe people aren't being asked to do more than their own job. They are literally going to have just – very specific roles they're going to fill. You know, We'll talk a little bit about the running back room and you know what some of the tight ends are expected to do, but this is exciting when you get to this point because of the depth that they're trying to add to this roster. You're not trying to fill, you know, we're not going to have ETN making every single carry this season. He's going to be able to share that role with some people, and for the first time, when you have a good team, you want to be able to do that and have that versatility.
7: I think another way to say that, John, is the entire playbook is open. You know, So yeah. Doug came in here last year with a young quarterback, and Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram were sensations. We didn't know they were going to be, right? Um, now, all of a sudden, you mix in Calvin Ingram, and what does that do for Jamal Ingram and Tank Bigsby, and what does that do for Travis Etienne? So what you're essentially saying is, is that Doug, who maybe had a third of what he wanted to do last year, yeah. you know, now maybe this year he can go all the way and put plays in that he didn't even think about thinking about last year.
6: Yeah, I think you both said it the right way. It... it... I think about Christian Kirk, who was a, a find last year and had a really, really, really good year. Really good. Um, I think his role will be more defined and more natural with Ridley here. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to say Christian can't step up and be a go-to one at times, but I think his role really in the slot and as, as somebody who would come out of the slot and play every spot when needed, much more defined for him. Uh, and I do think Kai's point is exactly right you now have a situation where it was strange. You think by the end of the season, you can go to two tight end sets. You don't have to have ETN on the field every play. You can have Tank Bigsby on the field at times, uh, giving him some relief. So it's, I said it during the draft. To me, they found a way to get Doug, uh, I don't call it the best offense he's ever had because Philly was really good in 17. Mm -hmm. But these receivers on paper are better than Philly's receivers that year. the tight ends, you know, who knows? But it's back to, I think, the full deck of cards that he had in Philly.
7: And even some of those aces or jokers, if you will. I mean, think about what we heard in 2021 before Travis Etienne got hurt. The different ways they could use him in the slot, in the wing. Mm-hmm. Now with Tank Bixby here, Doug and Press can unleash him in a number of creative different ways. And that's Doug's style, Excellent. is to be really creative with his matchups. A guy like Etienne... Because of Bixby, that, I mean, that's really interesting to think about how they'll use him and where they can stack him as a wide receiver, maybe behind Kirk or in a three-receiver uh, formation, a bunch formation with tight ends. I mean, there's just there's no limit to the creativity, and that's what's really cool.
6: And I don't think it has to take good carries away from Travis. You know, and no. Oh, no, he's still that. That's always the thing. People want to create controversy Well, it's going to take carries away from Travis. I think what they can do now with Travis is run him until he needs a break and then not worry about trying to uh, you know manage his carries necessarily mm-hmm. it, it, I'm telling you last year, late in the season, every time he was down because he runs hard yep. and as and, and when you run hard, you get banged up sometimes have to, to come out of the game. Mm-hmm. You kind of held your breath when he was coming out of the game, hoping he'd find a way to get back in. I don't think you're going to be holding your breath as much as Tank. Jags
0: Drive Time runs Tuesday mornings on Jaguars.com and Jags social media. Moving now to the Huddle Up podcast, expectations of the Jaguars in 2023 are growing outside the building, of course. They're high inside the building as well, but there's still plenty of work to be done. Jaguars and NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks has high hopes
8: for the Jags' attack this season. The offense can be really good. Like, and I know this is hype season where everyone is a hype bunny. We're, we're talking about these guys and everyone gets excited about it. But uh, it's real when you talk about the potential of this offense. Trevor Lawrence looks great. He looks great because he's very comfortable in the offense. Doug Peterson is kind of like step back. He's kind of hanging in the back and just kind of overseeing the entire operation. But you can tell that this offense is operating at a high level. And when you throw in Calvin Ridley, who kind of goes in and out of the lineup when it comes to practice because I'm talking to Doug Peterson, he talked about you got to kind of protect him against himself because he works so hard. Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, being able to put Zay Jones in. Evan Ingram isn't here, but you've seen Brandon Strange jump jump in. And you can just see what this offense could be. Travis Yentien looks good. And I'll say, man, Bixby, Tariq Bixby, like – he looks the part. He's big. He look, he looks the part. He looks like a lean, mean fighting machine. He looks mm-hmm. the part. so when you have so many different pieces, uh, we saw Doug Peterson kind of get in his bag when it came to his creativity and his play calling. He has more at his disposal, so it should be a lot of fun to watch this offense go to work.
6: You guys know how optimistic I am about just life in general. Everything, well, really. Um, Everything. You know, the glass is always full.
0: Not even halfway.
6: Not even half full. All the way to, but, the, top. Way to the top. It's uh, overflowing. Most of. If, if you look at this even objectively, even taking my cynicism out of it, this is a perfect storm offensively, meaning you've got that year two element, mm-hmm. which I believe is the biggest factor for this offense, even if you were adding nothing uh, for any offense. But then you have Doug Peterson and Press Taylor, that dynamic, and Mike McCoy all, all coming back, and you've got Doug, who is a, is a high-level play caller. That's the fire and then you throw – I'm going say it's never happened, but you've got that dynamic of an offense that was already top 10 coming back and you feel like this young quarterback is going to get better, and then you pop a potential all-pro mm-hmm. receiver onto it. I'm not going to say it's never happened, but that's rare. I mean, that's, that sort of perfect storm coming in is rare. And, uh, you know, I'm with Bucky. I, I think you're sitting on an offense that – I don't want to say you're disappointed if they, don't, if they don't get 30 a game, if they're not in that realm – But getting that puts this team in last weekend of conference playoff consideration and gives them a shot. And as much as I'm always couching comments this time of year, I don't really see why you can't get there.
0: The Huddle Up podcast runs each Wednesday on the official Jaguars podcast network. Moving along to Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Thursday. In a non contact period of the offseason, it can be a challenge for the offensive and defensive linemen to get work in. Jags analyst Jeff Lagerman explained.
9: I think that's the hardest position offensive and defensive lines when you're in this phase of the, of the season's preparation to accomplish some things. And sometimes you got to be careful because you can actually form some bad habits in this period of practice because you don't have pads on. So you've, you've got to be careful with that. And uh, you got to make sure that your pad level is where it is because a lot of times when you're in no pads, you kind of get in bad habits because you don't want to have that contact. So your body positioning sometimes will be a little bit more lax because you're not making sure you're trying to not have that contact. So there's a there's a very fine line or should i say there's two very fine lines you're trying to find that comfort range in between those two lines you know not being too hard and overly crazy and then also not being just hey look it's a walk through but there's a there's a way to accomplish that but Offensive linemen, I think, accomplish the most when they're in individual period. And then also the first couple steps of the drill, and then once contact seems imminent, then you got to be smart. With defensive linemen, it's hand placement, it's uh, a body positioning, it's body lean, but then also making sure that when you get to the point of, of possibly making contact, you got to be smart. But again, those positions where you're trying to be smart sometimes can form bad habits.
0: Jaguars Happy Hour Radio airs each Thursday at 4 o'clock on 1010 XL AM, Jaguars.com and the Jags social channels Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Let's close the week with third-year cornerback Tyson Campbell visiting with senior writer John Osher on the Ozone podcast, and he took us inside his mindset entering 2023.
6: Two years in the NFL, and I think it's safe to say they were different from a team point of view. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... What have you learned in two years in the NFL that's going to help you moving forward into year three?
2: You've got to work to win. You know, winning is a process, um, it's, and it's going to be the little things that matter. You know, and one of those little things is team chemistry, just having a, a bunch of guys bonding to one culture, mm-hmm. and the culture staff as well. You know, once you get everyone on the same board, that allows you to have success uh, because everybody is not only, you know, playing for one another but playing for a purpose. So. Mm-hmm. I, I would say those two things because, you know, winning in this league is pretty difficult. So
6: There's a different feeling around here this year. I, I assume it's because he had some success, but it doesn't feel like any complacency. But how would you define – if last year was about sort of building trust with Doug and sort of coming back off of it, how does it feel around here this offseason?
2: I think we're a more hungry team. Okay. Um, I remember after uh Kansas City game, you know, Doug told us, like – we, we really just set the standard. Okay. You know, we're a playoff team. Um, so that's how we feel, you know. Uh, we're a playoff team. So we get to the playoffs, a whole new season starts, and then it's only up from there. So just to, just to know that we set the standard and to, to continue to live up to the standard and achieve more than what was achieved last year. Gotcha.
6: Before we came on, you talked a little bit. I asked you about being a third-year guy. And you said it, it does feel like you're a third-year guy. Uh, and it sounded like there's a lot of leadership that goes along with that. Right. Um, are you comfortable with that? Do you like that? And how do you approach being a leader?
2: Um, yeah, I'm comfortable with it. Um, I feel like, you know, that comes with, comes with the territory. Um, you know, when, when you do things the right way, you know, guys kind of you know, float towards you. Mm-hmm. And uh, seek advice, and, you know, I'm all for it, you know, trying to help guys, you know, learn this league and, and find the, the right tools so they can, you know, stay and be successful in this league because uh, I had the same sure. the same tools, whether it be a coach or uh, a vet, to help me around and learn how to be a pro.
0: The Ozone podcast each week on the official Jaguars Podcast Network and catch all our audio on jaguars.com through the podcast link at the top of the homepage or on that official Jaguars Podcast Network. That's on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. And, of course, we love the feedback, so leave us a comment and a five-star rating. Have a great Memorial Day weekend, and thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast, presented by TIAA Bank.